0: From the International Headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. This is Dr. Shelton Smith with Making a Difference. It's my joy to welcome you today to our broadcast time and to the International Headquarters here at the Sword of the Lord. We look forward every single day five days a week right here on this station at this time getting together opening the bible talking about the good things of god yesterday we began talking about what i'm calling the three r's yesterday in detail we looked at the reality of god today we're going to look at the redemption of christ and then tomorrow or the next day we'll get to the record of god's word those three vital things that I'm calling the three R's, I think we need to get a good grasp on, and that's our focus this week. So we'll get to that in just a moment, but let me remind you, this is July 13th, and we are less than one week from the National Sword of the Lord Conference. Starting next Monday night at 7 o'clock, We'll have an in-person audience here at the Sword of the Lord Auditorium in Murfreesboro, but we'll also be live streaming worldwide. And I do hope that you'll join us every service Monday through Thursday next week, July 19th through the 22nd. The music program will be outstanding. We'll be featuring Lonnie Moore, Chuck Harding, the Barnes family, the Marlon Smith family, Terry Lawson, the Sounds of Faith, and Sterling Walsh. All of those folks, many of you have heard them sing many times because you've been at the conference or you've heard the conference. This is an outstanding music program. And along with that, 14 main speakers, plus my School of the Prophets in the afternoon. So we'll be on the air, live stream almost everywhere in the world, 9.30 each morning, Tuesday through Thursday. But starting Monday night through Thursday, 7 p.m. each night, and then my School of the Prophets at 1.30, in the afternoon, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So be sure to join us next week for the National Sword of the Lord Conference. Now, today we're gonna look at the redemption of Christ. As I talked to you yesterday about the reality of God, we just noted that God does exist and has from all of the eternities past. He had no beginning, and in the future, the eternities that lie ahead, He will have no ending. God is the eternal God. And because we have that truth in place, we must look at the subject of the redemption of Christ. The Lord promised throughout the Old Testament that there would be a Savior, a Messiah that would be coming, and those prophecies all came to pass in the person of Christ. You say, what did He come to do? He came to provide redemption for a fallen race of people men and women, boys and girls, red, yellow, black, brown and white, he came to provide salvation for all of us. Now sometimes we look at this whole subject and we kind of get so used to it that we forget the magnitude of its message. I remind you and looking again at Romans chapter 1, verse 16, says, "I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So what the Lord provides, He makes available to every person on the planet. If you are breathing, the salvation of God is available to you. And you say, well, why is redemption needed? Why do I need a Savior? Well, the Bible makes very clear to us in Romans chapter 5, verse 12, when it says, as by one man sin entered into the world, talking about Adam. You know the Adam and Eve scenario. Read that in the first few chapters of Genesis. This verse says, As by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Later in that fifth chapter of Romans, verse 18, the Bible says, Therefore, as by the offense of one... Judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. Verse 19 says, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Now, those verses simply tell us Adam and Eve sinned, and they passed that sinful nature on to the next generation that passed it on to the next generation, all the way down to where you and I live today. It has been passed from one generation to the next. In the same verse, in the same tone, the Bible tells us that one man messed it up, and one person fixed it up. One person made it right. That person is the Lord Jesus Christ. We look at Romans chapter 3 and verse 19, and we learn that sin is not something to be messed with. It is not something to tolerate. Verse 19, Romans 3. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. We need to deal with this matter of sin. We need to understand we are sinners. And that is a fact that if you ignore it, it's going to cost you dearly. Verse 20 of Romans 3 says, Therefore by the deeds of the law there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. Verse 23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I know when we talk about sin, it's one of those things that everybody just kind of raises their eyebrows and wants to pass by it. Many years ago, in fact in 1973, There was a famous medical doctor who was a psychiatrist, a man named Carl Menninger, wrote a book entitled Whatever Became of Sin? Now here this man who was Harvard educated, he was not a man that we would have quoted because of his theological views or because that he was an outstanding Christian, but he wrote this book entitled Whatever Became of Sin? And in that book he said that the views of society had so changed Now, remember, that's 1973. They had so changed that sin was no longer sin in most people's eyes. He went on to say that if society so dismissed sin from its vocabulary, so dismissed sin from its mindset, that the concepts of morality would vanish and society would ultimately erode into an abyss that nobody really wants. Now, what would he say now? Carl Menninger died in 1990, but what would he say now about this whole issue of sin? I'm telling you, our society has come to the place where it's whatever I think, whatever I feel, whatever I want to do, and this kind of thinking just puts us in a terrible, jeopardous situation, and the Bible makes very clear that sin does bring condemnation. God made it possible through the Lord Jesus for that condemnation to be lifted. Romans chapter 3, verse 24 says, "...being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus." Look at the wording there. Look at the verbiage and understand what the Lord offers is full justification. We are sinners. We are guilty. All of us are. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And yet the Lord offers to justify us. Doesn't mean that we're not guilty. It just means that He will declare us to be innocent and set us free. And the Bible says that He does that freely. Freely. Do you notice that? It means you do not have to pay. Isaiah said we can come without money and without price. The fact is, you don't have to have money to come to Christ. You don't have to have reputation to come to Christ. You don't have to have standing to come to Christ. You are a sinner, and if you will acknowledge that, the Lord provides His redemption, His salvation, His justification for you, and it's freely by His grace. Out of the great reservoir of the goodness of God, God, in a gracious manner, redeems us through the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 25 of Romans 3 goes on to say, talking about Jesus, it says, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood, to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are past, through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say at this time His righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. So do you understand what it says there? The blood of Christ is the payment for your forgiveness. It is the purchase price of your salvation, and if you'll simply believe, and that word believe simply means that you trust Him. It's not just a matter of acknowledging facts and saying, well, I know that's true, but it's a matter of believing to the point where that you trust Him, where that you risk everything on Him, and when you trust Him, then salvation is yours to possess. 1 Peter 1, verse 18 says... Whereas, you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. So it's not your possessions, it's not your wealth, it's not what you have as a uh, possession that gets you a place in heaven, but instead it is a matter of you coming to the place where you trust the Savior and give yourself to Him. And the fact is, Redemption, the Bible uses three different words to describe the redemption that's provided. The first word is the word agorazo, and that means to buy. The Lord bought. He redeemed us by buying, purchasing our salvation for us. The second word is an enhancement of that agorazo word, and it's ex-agarazo, and that means to buy out. It means no longer will you ever again be for sale. No longer will the devil ever again be able to claim you as his property. You say, what's the deal with that? Listen, when you're saved, you become a part of the family of God. You're secure in Christ and never, ever again. This word redeem, many of its uses is the word ex agarazo, which means to buy out so the price is fully paid for your salvation. You're not going to have to make installments as we go. And then the third word that's used in the New Testament for redeem is that word lutro, which means to release for a price. The price the blood of Christ. And when Christ shed his blood on Calvary's cross, he did that so that you and I could have the salvation that he and he alone can provide. Romans chapter 3 goes on to say, verse 28, therefore we conclude that a man is justified without the deeds of the law. It's not your doing that gets you saved, sir. Dear lady, it's not your doing that gets you saved, but it's what Christ did on the cross that will get you saved. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1 says, "...therefore being justified by faith," We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 8, verse 1 says, There is therefore now, notice that, now. It's not a matter of what's coming in the future, but today, once you have trusted Christ, Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now, we're looking at this whole matter and understanding that the redemption that Christ purchased on the cross, provided justification for us. It provides forgiveness for us, makes it possible for us to have forgiveness. Acts chapter 5, verse 31 says, Him hath God exalted with His right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. So forgiveness is ours through the redemption that Christ provides. He purchased salvation and that salvation delivers us from the penalty of Of sin. You look at Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13, and you'll see that Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, that the blessing of Abraham, verse 14 says, might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So, dear friends, we have something very, very special because of the redemption of Christ, and that status that we have in Christ is fully protected. First Peter chapter one and verse five says that we are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. So whenever you come to Christ, The fact that you are saved is a present possession. We do now have salvation when we trust the Savior, and that salvation is protected and preserved by the power of God. One more thing we need to notice here. Redemption reserves heaven for us. That First Peter chapter 1 passage goes on to say, verses 3 and 4, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again, that is, He has birthed us a second time, unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Listen, reserved in heaven for you for you who are kept with the power of God. Listen, understand folks, you have a reservation in heaven whenever you come to Christ. So what do we look at? Yesterday, God's real. The reality of God, the existence of God, the presence of God. All of that we have to acknowledge and we should acknowledge. And today we look at the redemption of Christ and Christ redeems us, makes it possible for us to go to heaven when we die. Now we'll get back to this and spend some more time with it tomorrow, but I look forward to hearing from you. We're always delighted to get an email or a letter that tells us that you are listening and that you are being blessed by the broadcast. So write me a note, Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. We look forward to being right back here with you again tomorrow. Until then, God bless you. Have a real good rest of the day, and goodbye for now.